Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! What is up, everybody? Coming at you live from another bedroom in my in, in my life right now because we're digital nomads. It is the Fizzle Show, where every week we talk about things that, honest to God, real like solo indie uh, entrepreneurs have to face. It's like a real life out there. It's a real life to like when you like have your like email list and you have your like website and you can make a product and you're like working the Instagram a little bit and you're like maybe I'll go to that conference or maybe not and you're like working with clients and customers and you're selling products it's like all these things to manage you one day think it's like it's just gonna like all fit in and just work the way it's supposed to work but you know then you <laughs> then you start to get the feeling like what if it's always going to be like this what if it's always going to be multiple projects going on or some number of projects going on and nothing's quite all the way done but i can be grateful for what's already happening and like i can look at my life and say hey this is going pretty well i'm glad i made some of these decisions is it possible to just start enjoying the process more that's what a lot of us find in real honest to god self employment you just start to learn your own way to like do it your way. But there's a lot of questions that come up. You don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to be, you know, ignorant of something that you don't you didn't you didn't nobody told you about, right? So that's what we do here. We talk about those things, we hear those things, we learn about those things, we teach those things. Uh, every week on the podcast, and then we also have a massive community of uh, people who are in the Fizzle community where there are courses, there's conversation, there's a whole forum uh, application <laughs> that we built. Are we even talking about that yet? <laughs> like, I feel like I haven't, even heard <laughs> about that. I haven't even heard us talk about that yet. Like we just like made our own like uh, you know su- suite of tools to make a a, tr- a training university kind of for like for just honest to God self starting like you know self teachers. Like we could we're just like that's what this is supposed to be like, and we did it, and it's still there, and you can get it at fizzle.co. In fact, as a fizzle show listener, you can try it for five weeks for free at fizzle.co slash try five okay that is the intro okay guys <laughs> that is the intro i did a little yoga this morning so i'm coming in my kundalini's balanced i gotta be honest and i feel ready i mean all i need is i forgot my crystal at home because i had to run last minute over to my friend's house because they have internet and we don't because we just you guys i just moved in to a like a place that we're gonna live in for a little while i'm like so it's like it's like a weird <laughs> feeling we're gonna be here for 12 months in ocean beach san diego it's a lot, a lot of commitment. commitment. It's like more commit. You know, it's like a lot of commitment. By the way, speaking of commitment, shout out to Carrie Lowe. Steph, do you remember that name? Carrie Lowe? Uh, K-E-R-R-I. I do. L-O-W-E. She was like a real early fizzler and she was doing a site on like gumption. And even at the time, I remember her being on some Fizzle Fridays and stuff like that. Uh, and just going like, dang, this girl's got some gumption. Like, wonder what, wonder what she's going to get off to doing. And, uh, anyway, she got in touch with me and she does these kind of like, uh, I mean, for lack of a better term, kind of like energetic reading and healing, but using this, this, uh, <laughs> this is so woo woo, whatever. And using this, like, it's like a, a, some sort of protocol that actually has, like, I looked into it. I was like, oh, damn, this has been going for a long time. And I like that language. And oh, that was interesting. There's like a, it just felt like kind of clinical and sort of therapy, therapy wise in a good way like it was just like it was not like hold this crystal 
blow this smoke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was awesome. It was so great. So I just want to shout out to Carrie Lowe. She's been doing that and she's like building a whole practice out in New York doing that thing. I don't even know how you can find her, but Carrie Lowe's out there doing the thing. And that's like one of just a few conversations I've had with people who are fizzlers like two years ago, three, maybe three or four, because I don't know, we've been doing it for like five years, I think. So that she was pretty early on. So like four years ago, and it's like she's all, she's like now she's really like picked up how to do a business. She's done multiple businesses is what it seems like. You know what I mean? I'm just ranting and raving That's about awesome. our, our services. Way to go, Carrie. So inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, okay, so on the show today, we have Steph Crowder rhymes with chowder. Steph, say what's up. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. I uh, Let me just say really quickly, too, because I have had a few people uh, reach out to me on Instagram or whatever and been like, are you still on The Fizzle Show? I want to let everybody know that the plan right now is you can catch me on The Fizzle Show once a month. So... Uh, just keep it really easy. I've been recording with some of my favorite people in the first week of every month. So I guess that puts my episodes in like the second week of each month. So if you like hearing from me and you're wondering where I'm at, that's the plan. And I'm uh, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Because you're over at the Courage and Clarity podcast. That's where you can hear Steph's voice, you guys. The Courage and Clarity podcast. Carol, that's true. Crushing that's right. it. Crushing it. I love that. Uh, I follow you on Instagram. Do you guys, you guys should follow Steph on Instagram because she always has like these crazy pictures of like post-it <laughs> notes all over the walls, like as she's planning something. Yes. And she's, uh, you just did a, like a, a mastermind crew that was so like, uh, I don't know, I felt a little inspired just watching you just like do your thing. So I don't know, it's just fun to follow. So. Aw. Yeah, so whatever. And then we also Thank have Jen. You. Jen, wow. <laughs> Say what's up, Jen. <laughs> hey what's up everyone how's it going <laughs> <laughs> now if you guys tuned in last week there was this amazing conversation that we had with jen where she made these like what, what i what i'll just call alternative decisions uh that that would feel alternative you know in quotes there to a lot of us but it ended up being like wait hey, wait it makes tons of sense to do that. And if you haven't listened to that episode, that was 309. Fizzleshow.co slash 309 is where you can go. Fizzleshow.co slash 309. If you're, or you're in a podcast app, right? So you just go back to the next one or the previous one. Um, but that was like, that was a fun, that was a fun conversation because what you, what it made me realize is there's just these different, there's these ways of processing or thinking about and making decisions, uh, that, like are so fun in comparison to like the feeling that I get when it's like, I really should work this job more and take it more serious. Like it's like shooting all over ourselves. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have fun. Life's short. <laughs> love it okay so today what we wanted to do is continue the conversation and and get more into the tips and tricks like le- there were some tips and tricks that we had outlined that we didn't even get to get into because we were we were having so much fun and to kind of set the stage one of the things we can do is like jen give us like a quick bullet point summary of what we talked of like your story how you would put it to someone like in an elevator pitch or something like that like like these are the decisions i made and and they ended they're they're working great for me right now right and then and then read corbett's thing too or tell us about corbett's because we in in between here and there we went and talked to corbett and and he actually made a bunch of uh, uh alternative decisions as well and then let's hear steph's story this is going to be great. Let's go a little story time. All right, Jen, will you catch us up on yeah. what we talked about in your story last week? 
Sure. So I was with my last employer for going on 12 years. Uh, I was very happy. Things were going well, getting promoted. Life was good. Uh, But I just reached the point near the end of my time with them when it was just feeling a little stressful. I wanted to travel more. I just felt like my work wasn't lining up and aligning with how I wanted to live my life. So I made the decision to, with my husband, to drastically simplify my life. I sold my home moved into uh, RV. Uh, I live tiny and very frugally, but with a lot of abundance and fun and travel. Um, and in doing that, I gave myself enough space to start creating my own business. And then also in leaving my high stress job, I had new work opportunities come up. Uh, the first of which, uh, aside from just doing some easy stuff like bartending, uh, my first online gig was actually getting to work with Steph. Uh, so that was totally amazing last year. And now I'm on the team with Fizzle, uh, and all the new opportunities are rolling in because it just needed to make a bit more space in my life for them yeah interesting. so that was me yeah so i love i love this uh i love this hold on i just i still like it's gonna be so hard for me to not just jump in because like <laughs> this whole question up front of like yeah like your work wasn't aligning with how you wanted to live your life right and just that like, like can you just yeah. give us a quick little like because we all I, like can you just tell us a little bit like just dip the needle in just a little bit on that one for us sure i just think that everyone has you have to get really honest with yourself about what makes you happiest in life. And hands down for my husband and I, it's traveling. It's seeing new places. It's knowing that we can just go out and get out into the world and see new things. For some people, it might be the total opposite. Like they want the house that they're going to be in, you know, until their grandparents, right? So everyone's different. But for us, it was travel. And my work was just so stressful that even with a really great vacation package, uh, I was just really stressed leading up to my trips. And then I would come back and I would have a mountain of even more stressful work waiting for me. So that was the part that wasn't working anymore. Yeah. So it's almost like I imagine that would have felt a bit like, uh, like trapped in a way like oh no like this is there's not enough mm-hmm. there's not enough sustenance in this in in this position in this place yep. yeah absolutely and it's hard right because you think okay well i'm making good money i've got a va- you know i get paid vacation i have all of these things that should be making me feel fulfilled and comfortable and it's deep down it was just ended up doing the opposite mm. so Oh my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when you made these like, this is what I'm putting in, in air quotes here, alternative decisions. <laughs> I feel like I want to, <laughs> I want to do like a commercial for a pill called alternative decisions. I wasn't making alternative decisions because I thought it wasn't safe. But then I, I read this handbook that someone gave me at an airport and now I make alternative <laughs> decisions all the time. <laughs> but I, but I love that you, you made these alternative decisions and then, you just like what you focused on as we were talking, you're like, then, then I actually, I made space for more opportunities to come up. I started finding other ways to actually, you know, get like, like get part-time jobs where I was doing it. I didn't feel overworked. I was getting paid decently. And I was like really stoked to do this work with these people, like working with Steph or being on the team here at fizzle. And I just think that those, that like that sense of like, okay, wait, how you're thinking right now, this is the whole thing about alternative, you know, alternative decisions for me. It's like, there's how we think right now. And Steph, I want you to chime in on this. There's like a how we think right now, right? 
There's like who I am, like right now, how I'm thinking right now. I'm going to be in this marriage. I'm going to be in this job. Like maybe I'll like work my way up to, to something or whatever. There's just like whatever's in your head right now, like as like an operating system, like, or like, or like uh, a, a, a kernel mode called like my dream. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like whatever happens to be there right now. And it's almost like, how Jen started her conversation, she was like, you have to be really honest with yourself about what makes you sort of like, you know, what kind of checks your boxes in life. And for us, it was travel. And I, I think maybe that's, that's what I'm getting at is it's actually really, really inspiring to think of, of like kind of even just knowing what it is that turns you on. Yeah, and just knowing that and feeling yeah. like, like grateful you get to do it every time. What do you think, Steph? You know, what comes to mind for me, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to this, I can think of so many moments, and it's happening to me right now even, so many moments where it can be so frustrating because if you're if you're like a visionary type person, which I'm always thinking about how I truly think there's like two types of people out there inherently. There's like visionary type people who are big picture people. And then there's like implementer type people who thrive on like the smaller details, right? I identify as a visionary person. I play on the big like 10,000 foot view and I get a little more tripped up in the details, which is hilarious because I have a business about planning, but I do that. That's because I have to manage myself. So I know a lot about planning because I'm like up in the blue sky type thinking. And when you're a visionary type person, Person, I, what I have found is you can often see the picture of what you want your life to look like five, 10 years away. And you can see it so clearly. Like you can be in the job, like Jen was saying, that doesn't align. You can know that it's not going to feed your soul. You can, you can so clearly see what that other side looks like. But often what's more challenging is like, okay, what the hell happens between here and there, right? So you're in this job and you're thinking to yourself, man, this job doesn't allow me to travel in Jen's case. If people know my story, Story. Mine's more about family. Back when I had just gotten married, I knew I wanted family. I knew I wanted flexibility. I didn't want to give up family for career, but I wanted career. Uh, that's really what motivated me. So I was in a position, again, similar to Jen, where uh, you know, great pay, great uh, benefits, great paid time off, safe, safe, safe job. But looking at all my female mentors above me, the choices that they were having to make were either 12 hours of daycare a day away from kids or no kids at all. And so for me, then I started drinking the entrepreneurial Kool-Aid and the rest was history. But for the longest time being in that more traditional job, I could totally see myself. Like I would listen to Amy Porterfield. I would listen to Marie Forleo. And I was like, I am one of them. It's going to happen. But I didn't know how. And so I think what happens first for a lot of us is we can see so clearly where we want to be. But the really frustrating part is like, how in the world is it going to unfold between here and there? Oh my goodness. That was just like, I feel like I wish I had popcorn for that. That was the most interesting thing (laughs) in radio. I loved that. I was like, literally like that was the clip that Oprah shows as she's bringing you on. You know what I mean? I'm like earmarked that because that was so good. It was so, so raw and so honest uh, and, and concise and like actually makes tons of sense. It's like that experience of being a woman looking at the other women in positions like higher up uh, in the company that you're in and going like, it's all daycare 10 hours a day. It's all like rushing home to be with mm-hmm. the family. It's all like, you know, 
over like I you just I just see the people in like the in like the REI kits. Do you know what I mean? Going out for the week. Mm-hmm. We are taking the kids out. We are going for a hike. We are going to do this. This is the hike that we are doing because mommy works too much. Okay, <laughs> it's just like yeah. It's like oh man, yeah. I just know that yeah, feeling and the, totally. And at the time, like for people who are wondering when this was, this was when Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In had came out, which is interesting because she's in a totally different place now. If you know her story, but Lean In was this book that was all about essentially like at least the way that I felt it it was sort of like it's not that bad just like don't think about it and like keep working and your kids will be fine and I was like this just doesn't this just doesn't feel right like there there has to be Wait, more to it really than this. is that really what lean so in has, is? Is lean in really like hey girls, you know that is, Just grin and bear it. I'm gonna get a lot of crap for this because I'm sure some people really like the book but for me I mean that was the message was oh, sort of I like. I love this. This is this is yeah, the juicy the message, stuff that I this is like yes. Yeah, I know. Okay go. Like I, I kind of wanted to buy into I wanted to buy into it in a way like she was sort of like one of the concepts she talks about is don't leave before you leave which essentially means like hey when you're thinking about getting pregnant for example don't like quit then like just keep going and see what happens and uh, that I was like okay well maybe that makes sense but then you get to thinking about it and you're like well but then I have the kid and then what do I do right and so you know there's a lot of conversation in that type of community around like how difficult it is to be a a working mom who does have to leave at five o'clock on the dot and how many expectations there are and the world that I was in it was first in and last out that was how you grew that was how you got accolades you had to show that you were really serious about it and if you were leaving at five o'clock on the dot you were seen as lazy and so that's just the world that I came from and I was like this is not going to work because after five o'clock is when you know you might get that extra time with the higher ups or you might get invited to the happy hour where you have the conversation that leads to the promotion that's That's totally it right there right there and that is the thing that is not on the front cover of the pamphlet that you get about this life because exactly because anybody who spends a good deal amount of time and it actually is a a sort of like a success driven ambitious kind of person right you will learn that very like you will get you will find a like you will learn that because organizations they do they do work like that it's a it's like people want to call it a nepotism of a of a kind you know which is just like favoring family but it's just it's yes. just, of course of course i would favor the person who I, who's there when i'm there you know and i'm the one whose yep. shoulder is on the back of, this this business is on the shoulders of right like i'm literally the one who goes bankrupt when this goes bankrupt or whatever i'm protected because i'm you know yes. uh, it's a corporation or whatever but like you so that the kind of mindset that kind of old rockefellerian you know and randian yeah. uh mindset which by the way I, I, have you guys read have you guys read and ryan or ryan yes ryan? so long ago what is it fountainhead the fountainhead like 15 years ago yeah yeah i mean she is just fascinating there's just so problematic such a minefield of like of like modern uh pc culture and philosophy of just like oh i don't know if we're supposed to think like that but i love that it exists as this like well at least it got encapsulated out there if you really want to know what it's like to think as like a a, an oil tycoon or something like that and see like the if there is a shroud of uh of you know, if there is a golden sort of you know, silver, what do they call about the f- clouds? It's like a silver, silver lining. Silver there lining. is a silver lining to to the to the. Did you see how long that took me to get? Um, it, it's I I I really liked reading those books when I read them, but I read them before I was thinking very critically about you know hegemony, I guess, <laughs> you know, which we all are thinking about uh, now. So, Steph, this uh, the, I love hearing you talk uh, about this of about the like. 
I don't know, just, just seeing what's possible and realizing that, I don't know, that moment where you realize like everything in this game that I'm set up to play yeah. is like, it look like when I do the math, when I do the spreadsheet for myself, I it, like I can tell, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a yes. problem with like this doesn't align. This doesn't like we've well, used the word a handful of times in this conversation alignment. You know, right. this is like to me, this is like the great secret of life is just start using the word alignment and, and that concept <laughs> because it's like, like, what do you want? What's your goal? What's your it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you think about it in terms of like that concept of alignment, it's just like, you know, you, you, you can start watching for if you feel in alignment with yourself or or not. Yep, yep. Right. Which is just like, who else is going to know how to do that besides well, you? Like who, like you're the only person that can know how to do that. Go for it. Steph. Totally. And beyond that, like that's absolutely true. But what I'm finding and thinking about more and more. And as I reflect on that part of my story, it's like, it's almost as though what were, you've heard that expression, what worked for you to, there or like what got me here won't get me there essentially. So what got me yeah, as far as yeah. I, and the, the story on that is like, that's Winston Churchill, yes. you know, world war two, like they're in the middle. It's like a serious hardcore moment in history. And that's Churchill's sort of thing. He's like, dude, you guys, what got us here will not get us exactly. there. Erase everything. You know, you know, yeah. And that those have been my biggest uh, transform, like transformative moments because I look back on my corporate career and I did really, really well. And that's because I was staying until seven at night to like rub elbows with the right people. And I'm looking at my strategy and what had worked. And I was like, how does a child fit into this? I'm here until seven o'clock. And it was fine because I was in my 20s and I, you know, my husband was working too and it was all good. But it's like, what got me here is 100% like diametrically opposed to the lifestyle that I'm looking for in the next season. Actually, the same thing's happening to me right now. I've been actually just talked to Jen about this yesterday. Some of you listening know that Jen works on my team too as my assistant and project manager. And my first year in business over at Courage and Clarity was like, try everything. I seriously counted it the other day. I think I launched 15 different things in my first year of business, literally 15 from group programs to retreats to courses, everything. And it's like, that worked great. Actually, it was an alignment for me that first year. My energy was high. I I enjoyed bouncing around. It felt right. And I got really far that way. But in this second year of business now, it's like, okay, what got me there is not going to scale the business. Like now it's a different ball game. And so I think there are these various like moments on our timeline where maybe something that you were doing before was in alignment and then it stops being in alignment and you kind of have to look at it and say, well, that's weird because this was working, but it, cha- well, it changes and it shifts. This is fascinating. This is this because to me, this is like the pro move. This is when this is when I started studying astrology and started going like, oh, interesting. Yes. This is like astrology. Yeah. Like this is like that thing in business. Like astrology. I started learning a little bit about astrology and I was like, oh, this is like that thing in business and in creative work where something works for a while, but then it shifts and you don't really know why it shifted. You can't really point at any one thing. But if you're honest with yourself, there was a time when it absolutely felt fundamentally true that you were going to be like this kind of person like it was giving you your juice like you loved it every morning it was your thing or whatever and then it and then it somehow transitions and you go from from a more maybe a productive uh lifestyle to a more contemplative lifestyle or something for a time and you go from more you know yang energy of just like of like piercing penetrating growing birthing you know like like conceiving like erupting right and then or then you might switch for like a season into a little more yin energy. And if you think about it, you guys, this is the whole thing of Chinese medicine and indigenous wisdom is that's exactly what our planet does. 
You know, we have these four very distinct seasons. So everything in astrology, everything in the occult and all the magic and all the, all the worlds I've been exploring, like it all kind of boils down to this sense that we're on this planet that goes through these four very distinct sort of seasons that we can, we can talk about because they're set at axis and so yada, yada, yada. So anyways, built into just the calendar year and thinking about time, you see there's these shifts. And these changes that like, you know, that's why the Chinese New Year, right? Is like, oh, it's the year of the dog. Oh, what's the dog like? Oh, the dog is very aspirational or whatever it is, right? It's like, wait, you're going to spend this whole year being like that? You can just do, can you just do that? I don't know. I might be off in like left field here. But to me, as an entrepreneur watching this kind of thing uh, in my own life, Steph, I resonate so hard with what you're saying mm-hmm. that sometimes... Like I've shifted and I don't even know that I've shifted right. or something like or that. Or yeah. I also see people like, like almost feeling disrupted about the shift and then getting, and then feeling almost panicky about it. It's sort of like, oh my God, why isn't this working? And I think that it's helpful just to even normalize that. It's like, there's nothing wrong with you mm. that you, in, that you enjoyed yeah. where you were and you've somehow outgrown it. I think that's just part of the process. But I know for me, sometimes I've gotten in my own head, like, oh, I was so happy. What the hell happened here? And now I start to see it as like, oh, of yeah. course, of course we're shifting. Like, of course. And then it just becomes so much <laughs> more normal in our lives, I think. Totally. I felt that way mm-hmm. when I started the job that I left 12 years before. It was absolutely one of the greatest greatest times of my life. It was everything I needed. Like I had such a profound personal shift joining wow. that company and I felt a lot of guilt leaving. Yeah. I was like, really? I'm going to leave this thing that was so good for me, but we change. So totally. Wow. That's fascinating. So, so <clears throat> now Steph, uh, like I don't know. I'm just loving. I'm loving this level of dialogue because I feel like it's hard to get here sometimes and, and get it on yeah, tape. Yeah. You know? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because like I have these kinds of conversations with my friends all the time, right? But we're never having a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're like never like recording. You don't just a podcast. walk around like with and a so, microphone in your pocket, Chase. <laughs> you, maybe you should. <laughs> no. I, the, dude, the other day I did a uh, I did an Instagram live where I was just like I I literally was like. You know, I had just done some yoga and I was feeling chilled out. We we're just about to head into dinner time, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna turn on Instagram Live as like and pretend it's literally like a window into my living room. Like some people can just like watch what's going on in the living room. And I was like playing guitar to Sersha, who had a stomach ache because she had to eat some dairy because we've been like moving around so often. And she was like just sitting there, like I'm like, oh, it was so cute and so sad. But I was like playing this song for her, and then like Etni would run in, like just like do some somersaults and shit, and like walk out. It's like my favorite show on earth. It's just my house, right? <laughs> and I'm like, people would if if people would just sit and listen and watch this. This is the fascinating thing in the world this is like the best so i just did that that's that's that might happen occasionally but i don't end up having because i like when i podcast i like to have good gear i like to have a good sound in my ears i like to like i want to get into it larry king style you know i don't know if we can have those conversations in real life if you have to be in joe rogan's set to, to do it but that's what i think would be would be amazing and that's what feels like this conversation is a lot like because what we're talking about is just what it is like to navigate our energy as an entrepreneur Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to have energy to do the things you want to do. And you're going to have, you have to have energy to come up with what those things you want to do are. Right. So like Steph, this, this to me, this idea of like being either a visionary or a detailed person, you know, which like, 
by the way, there's probably some third way there just because that's, there's always some third way. But I like this because I think people really resonate with one or yeah. the other. I think they really, really do. And I see you very clearly being able to define a vision and, and almost like as if you're seeing it and, and you're just scribing it out as you see it. Um, which probably, is that how you think of it almost? Like you kind of are describing it out as it's coming through you? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Or I can just, it just feels like, I always think of it as like a big puzzle. Actually, it's really funny because I, I hate puzzles. You know, there's like puzzle people who like, I, I just can't. But I love the idea of like the whole, <laughs> like I just literally have no time for that. But I love like the whole big picture. Um, a lot of people that like stresses them out and they're like, where, where are we going? What is this going to be? Uh, that's my game that I can play all day long. But just ask Jen. You try to get me into the details. And I'm like, eh, go, nah, I don't really think I want to do that. So it's re- I, I find it's really important to know which camp you fall into. And for Myers-Briggs like nerds out there, this is the difference between the J and the P. So when you take the Myers-Briggs test, you might be like for me, for example, I'm ENFP, which means extroverted, intuitive, feeling, and perceiving. That's how I go through the world is just perceiving things and kind of feeling them out and uh, more spontaneous, more by the seat of my pants. Um, the J for a lot of people at the end is for judging, which means that you go through life kind of like thinking there's a right way to do things. There's more structure. You're sort of looking for the strategy. And so I have found resources like that just as a quick sidebar. I realize this is a little bit off topic, but I now do this where I go through life and I'm like, mm, that person's a J person or that person's a P person. You can really just tell tell the yeah. difference. And I think it's just really useful as a, a lens for seeing oh, totally. yourself. Well, the interesting thing about the, that that particular dyad or whatever we want to call that, like it's like it's almost you can think of I, I, like what I find is most things in life work on like some sort of like a uh, like it's like a polarity. Like there's a, there's a sunny side of the mountain and a shady side of the mountain. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's the people who who do like um, what what were we just what were we just talking about? We were talking about. Uh, like Myers Briggs and the difference between yeah yes yes so it was perceiving perceiving yes, and judging yes. right perceiving and judging like this is, seems to be how like genes kind of work and, and it's like it's like on or it's off do you know what I mean yep. and, or it's yep. like it's towards this or it's towards that that we see this all over the place in biology and then also in in philosophy like there's like the, so what Aristotle said was that uh, a virtue is suspended the balance suspended between two excess or like two between both two much of something and too little of something so courage is right in the middle of you know foolhardy or rash and then uh cowardly right so it's like there's this spectrum and courage is actually in the middle of it anyways the the uh that that one particular thinking and judging this is a a really important one for entrepreneurship i think i think it really is because when this is what in the big five personality traits they'd call like it's related to openness how high in openness you are because if you're if you're um perceiving right you're sort of allowing it to come at you how it is right uh so you have a higher openness Right. So this, the, the middle of, of this thing, it would be like kind of whatever your philosophy is on, on how much openness you should have. Cause there's probably some openness you really, there's things you don't want your kid exposed to. Do you know what I mean? There's like, there's like some things that we do clamp down. Um, but that, I don't know. Sorry. I could go off forever into the, into the, 
uh, Myers Briggs thinks. I just think it's, I actually think it really matters for entrepreneurship because I think everybody out there has to find their own way to work. Yeah. Right? right. And this conversation is, is like, you might think we've, we're off the topic of what we're talking about, but no, we're talking about the scaffolding, the framework through which you will actually use these alternative, like decision making things, these ways to keep your job and be able to work on your business as much as possible and or make make a decision like Jen Rao to go sorry Rao to <laughs> Rao I I like every, I get excited every time I get to say it cuz I'm like it's that jaguar sound but you can make a decision like Jen where she she actually does the spreadsheet assesses the risk makes all the decisions do, like decides it's going to take x amount of months or a year to, or more to to save up to do this thing, so we have like the runway to actually you know make things work after that, and like just just does the spreadsheet and makes sense of each individual little thing all the way down, and she goes, you know what, this makes as much or more sense to me than the other one, even though it would include a lot more risk to like you know Barbara or like my grandma, right? She would be like, oh my god, how could you possibly know? Like who's gonna like when are you gonna like you know what I mean? It can sometimes feel very scary to think of making big decisions like that. So that's why I'm putting I'm not that's why I'm putting that like alternative decision making in quotes there because it's not that it's scary, it's just that it's different. You know, and you don't have to do anything that's too scary for you. Like there's a lot of tips and tricks here for like uh you know, maximizing your sick days, for example. So Steph, like in your experience or Jen, in either of your experiences, did you have, like, was there, like, Jen, you mentioned this in, in the vacation thing where you were like, uh, I had a great vacation package, but what I noticed is that, like, more and more as I went away, it was stressful to get ready to go. And so I had to, like, wind down from the stress while I was on, on my trip. And then when I came back, it was really stressful to get back in, into play because it's like, there's a bunch of work that's piled up. Like, I actually am, needed at this company right you know what i mean like th- like that's a weird that's a weird feeling realizing that you're actually needed at this company right and 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 I, you mentioned this actually that it kind of like you were probably you were really distraught about talk about that for a second would you like what what it was like to like almost emotionally to leave this place yeah, well with the trips what became so difficult was the fear i was fearful of what was happening while i was away not because i was overly controlling of everything but just knowing that like in you know six or sorry four weeks like a lot could happen in my company and so it was the idea that when i went away I wanted to turn the phone off, close the computer and just really unplug from it. But that also just grew my anxiety about, okay, but what if something's bad, bad's happening and I don't know, or, okay, if I check and I see something stressful is happening, oh, great. Well, now I'm on the other side of the world and I know something stressful is happening. So it was really hard. Um, And then the guilt, Mm. yeah, the guilt of leaving was just, it's... You have a job that you love, they treat you well, everything on the surface is great, but somehow deep down you know that it's just not right. And so it's like how you on the surface, I felt almost ungrateful, you know, that I was, you so many people struggle throughout life and here I am like pushing aside this, this amazing job, you know, and yeah, it was really tough, but I think that 
this goes in line with, you know, building your own thing that if you stay in a job that you doesn't make you happy and then you try and work on this side hustle that is stressing you out because you're doing it at all, you know, terrible times of the night or on your weekends when you're tired and then that stresses you out. Like you're not setting yourself up to build a business that you enjoy. So I think that's like the underlying thing about everything we're talking about. Like if you're not happy, you have to do something about it. Man, that is so, it's so great to hear you say like this, the even just talk about, you know, it almost feels uncomfortable to take a risk like that and go like, Hey man, this is something a lot of people would, would, would love to have. And I'm letting it go. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and making that kind of decision for you is almost like, it's like, it's almost like you jerk. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, how dare you? And, and how, how many people, like, maybe, like, maybe a lot of people let that idea itself keep them from making their sort of alternative decision to like, you know, you know what? I'm going to put my life on my back in some way and, and start getting what I want out of this. Right. Right. I think there's also always that fear that like the company can't go on without you, you know, especially when you've been somewhere for so long, you're like, what, what would they do? And then you leave and it's like, all right, this business as usual, you know, new people come in. So yeah, well, this is, (laughs) this is like, it reminds me of just like, of like the things that can happen where like with, with our family of origins, right. How much we can just take on the, some psychological, just like, just bugabear from one of our parents, you know, our mom or our dad, we just, kind of like we just we like I always have to like baby them around that thing or we always have to like with our siblings or something like like we're we just realize there's something that they're just like they're like really attached to or 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 I don't know what there's just there's something about it and and I'm like that too now and it wasn't even me who started it it was like I'm, this is just somebody else's thing I need to get rid of this thing and move on with my life <laughs> and so you see in those like Instagram accounts that have all those great quotes of of like you know just the woo spiritual like sort of like <laughs> type of stuff but some of these quotes are great and and they're like about you know like what what it's like to go like oh no like you're not vibrating at a level in my life that like feels resonant for me i'm (laughs) i'm not going to be ashamed of like enjoying myself with other people for a little while right it's like this weird sort of like you really have to take like you have to make yourself important to yourself to take to take a step like that Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean (laughs) So do do we want to give the people some ideas if we've like stirred up some excitement and like we like we said I like to just I like to just like let it just build and build and go like and that's our time actually but okay so let's get into the tips yeah. but uh, first let me let me read uh, from our sponsor today because Gusto is sp- supporting the podcast today if you have a business or you know someone who does you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats and some of those hats are totally great but some are filling taxes, running payroll, stuff like that, right? Not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. Fast, simple payroll processing benefits and expert HR support all in one. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401k for your team. So those old school clunky payroll providers just weren't built for the way modern small businesses work, but Gusto is. Plus, listeners get three months for free when they run their first payroll. So try a demo and see it for yourself at gusto.com slash fizzle. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. All right. Thanks, Gusto, for supporting Indie Business and the Fizzle Show. We use Gusto. We like it. That's our endorsement. Okay, Jen. 
I want to hand off the keys to the Cadillac <laughs> to you. Guide us, uh, guide Steph and I on a journey of exploration through, uh, through, cause, you know, you gotta understand that what I think is people, people need the level of dialogue that we've been at, even if they don't know they need yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Where it's, where it's not just specific straight into the, into like, you can try this, yep. this will help. It's like, okay, yes, let's talk about those things, but let's also talk about why this is something you're doing, like what's gonna make it successful or not, and like what you're actually going for, which is actually the big, the the ten million dollar question and and it's the easiest one to be forgetting about because we get excited in some little like oh I'll I'll figure out something to do with my sick days but that said that said you know sick days are important things you got like you, you got to use every card that you have when you play the game yeah. so Jen guide us through yeah, it and you? I just have to say that I love uh, Steph and I both bringing our backgrounds to this story because they're so different right you know Steph made a change in her career for family while I did it for travel mm-hmm. so I hope. I hope people take away from this conversation that like, this isn't just for one type of person. Yes. Um, yeah. And mm. with that, so we came up with three kind of columns of ways that you can make your building your own business better uh, and not use your day job as a, as an excuse to get fried out and, and quit and just resent it. So uh, Mm, the one that we talked about quite a bit last week and which is my story is just completely leaving your job. Um, Steph, what was, how did you leave? So (laughs) funny story. So I I would say I would uh, like, actually, as you guys have been talking for these past few minutes, this ties perfectly into the thought that came to my mind. It's interesting that Chase was saying that for you, Jen, it was kind of about spreadsheets and evaluating data points and understanding like when I get to this much and I know a lot of people approach it this way and that's their comfort level. And that's fantastic for me totally different. I have learned that for myself and I have to like train myself to do this, but I call it waiting for the opportunity and just being really open to doors opening that I may have otherwise like not even seen. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but for me, like back to being that visionary, knowing like having a very, this is going to sound kind of woo, but I'm going to go there. When you have a very clear idea of what you want it to look like, sometimes just like holding space for that and being like almost trusting, not even almost really trusting that it's already like, it's going to work out. And I would talk to myself about this and say like, I know that's going to happen. Sure. I don't have all the details yet, but when it's the right moment, I don't have to force it because taking the bull by the horns is kind of my nature. So making myself kind of take a step back and say, when the right opportunity shows itself, I trust that I'm going to know what that is. And that's exactly what happened for me when I was at Groupon, which is where I spent my corporate day. Um, I was, I knew that there's opportunity was going to show itself to me. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I just remember telling myself when it comes, I'm going to know. And sure enough, there was this one day where these three dudes on the internet posted a job description for a part-time customer service specialist at Fizzle. And I know I've told this story before, but that was like the sign that I needed. I'd been listening to the podcast. I was a Fizzle member myself. And I just remember thinking, this is it. This is it. Because I knew that like, yes, I was a director of sales training for North America at a prominent tech company. And this was a a part-time customer success job. But I just had this feeling deep in my gut that if I could get onto this team with these people that I loved listening to, that I could tell I'd be a great cultural fit for, um, I would be able to make an impact in the company and earn a spot for myself that was, you know, more so able to support myself beyond a part-time position. And that's exactly what happened. So I just got hit with this like intuitive 
That's all I can describe it as. Is I just knew. I remember I forwarded the job description to my mom sitting in my office. I was like, I am going to work on this team. I just, this is what I've been waiting for. And that's exactly what happened. So that's how I kind of made my exit. I really waited for the right calling, the right knock on the door. And yes, I was terrified. Like I cut my salary in more than half. My dad, who's a very traditional guy, was like, are, what are you doing? You have stock options. Like you, like, he's like, are you uh. these guys? Like he, like, I remember Chase, you'll love this. He went on Fizzle's website and he's like, these guys are like in flannel and horn rim glasses. Like, who are they? He's like, he's like, you've never met these people. I was like, dad, it's going to be fine. And, uh, you know, fast forward here. <laughs> Don't worry, dad. There's something we have to teach your daughter and yeah. it's legit. Like she's going to be more of a farmer in the future and a successful exactly. business person with a lifestyle that she's super stoked on because of it. I know it looks yes. dicey. I'm just saying, let me take her out tonight. I'll have her back by nine. Exactly. She'll be wearing we can, flannel. We can just kind of play this one step at a time. But it's, it's so true what you said, Jen, like on paper, everything about my station in life was like, that's why my own parent was looking at it being like, are you sure right now? Like you kind of got a good thing going, but it goes back to that alignment piece. It's like, you know, does what you're, you can have anything that looks great on paper, but it doesn't matter if it's not in alignment with that greater vision. So I don't know. I guess the, I guess the takeaway for me Ooh. from that whole thing is like every single time I've had to make one of these big transform, like transformative decisions, it's always been about not rushing the decision. And I really want to say that to people listening because I, I speak to a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs who are like, how am I going to know? Like, what do I do? And honestly, the answer is often like, do nothing, like keep doing what you're doing. Because if you are feeling like you have to force a decision or rush a decision, it's likely not the right door to walk through. That has been the truth for me every single time. I just can't even stress that enough. So good. And this is interesting. So, so we're talking about leaving the job and I love, again, you go to almost like a mindset thing, Steph, you go straight to like, well, I'm going to, here's the thing about me. I'm watching me to see how I feel about certain things. So if an opportunity comes my way, I'm like, I'm like, how does this feel? Does this resonate? Does this like, does it seem like the right kind of thing? I mean, cause a lot of times I think we get really excited and we, we jump and we do like sometimes people do that and other times like we're super dour and we we like we don't let anything in like we don't even think about whether this thing would be good for us like i certainly am guilty of switching between those two of mm-hmm. being like the puppy dog going like oh this is a great idea we're just all gonna work out everything's gonna be fine there's no downside to this this is awesome this is great we have plenty plenty of time plenty of energy we can put this together this is great like i'm not gonna be in three weeks going like why did i say yes to this thing yeah like i didn't count the cost yeah. You know, I didn't really take an account of, of what it was. But then I've also been the one where good opportunities are coming by and I'm like, it's just going to be more freaking work that you got to do, you know? And it's like more like just something, just another thing to worry about. Like worry about if you're doing a good enough job and like just another one of those things and just like letting things kind of go by at because I'm like, just not like I'm almost not resonant, not allowing myself to resonate as much. And I bet a lot of people resonate with, with like that idea that like, that sometimes you're like this and sometimes you're like mm-hmm. that, you know? But I think some people listening are probably like, what is she talking about? And that's because there are people out there who need to look at data points and evaluate it and do the math. And I say more power to you, whatever makes you feel like I think this is about recognizing opportunity whether you feel it in your gut on a more like ephemeral level the way that I do or you recognize it by saying yeah actually the numbers add up here I don't really think that the the mechanism for getting there is what's important what's important is that you're able to see an opportunity and say yes to it when it feels like it's going to take you in the direction of where that alignment wants to go 
Yeah, and and it's it, and I do the spreadsheets too. Though I think there's what Corbett's taught me over the years is there's this there's this incredible there's this this incredible set of tools that we have typically in spreadsheets. That's all that's all you really need is a spreadsheet to to ba- to basically help you to to make your decision for you. Right. Like you can take all of these, like if you're, if you can be honest with what your real concerns are, right, then this can become really useful for you. But if you can't, uh, cause some things it's really impossible to quantize. Like you can't necessarily, uh, unless you make up a way to do it, have a, uh, you know, a, a row in your, in your spreadsheet that's about like how internally like excited am I about this idea? Right. And that's really, that's what we did in our, in our fizzle planning. And I find that that, 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 like just that alone in a decision matrix helps me to be able to, to kind of like really use a spreadsheet and go like, no, I, like this is an honest representation of like what things matter to me and what the best opportunity I have right now, given the things that matter to me and that like, that can make an impact, you know? Um, anyways, there's a, there's a, there's some resource we have on weighted average decision matrix inside the, the I think it's in the, in the, uh, growth Choose, or the choosing uh, a topic course. The, is it in the choosing a topic course? Yes. Yeah. Good one. Yes. What a good, what a mm-hmm. good course too. So, or like that, that like, so that's in the fizzle roadmap, learning how to do a weighted average decision matrix, which I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's technology, man. It's like from the future. And so it's like, you have to learn how to do it, but it's, I use it. I use it a bunch now. I'll use it when I don't know what to do. I'll use it at like, I'll go like, okay, clearly there's a lot of things I could be doing. I don't know what should have priority right now. So I just need to get everything that I think I should be doing out into a spreadsheet that I can quickly just kind of like score up, you know, like how this, how this idea like lands for me. And then we can easily sort and see what the best thing to do right now is. And then I can still make decisions if I'm going to do that or the one right below it, because both of those are really high priority, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, don't know. I got locked, locked into doing that, but just the idea that, that you, the spreadsheets, yeah. the spreadsheets are like, um, the, thinking, <laughs> sorry, thinking, but just thinking through the consequences of the decision can really help you. Uh, like, like this is what Tim Ferriss's first Ted talk was about. It was just about looking at what the worst thing that yeah. could possibly happen is, which forces you to think about what, uh, what could go on in this it forces your mind down the future about this idea so like you so like you know allowing you to know about what what potential negatives or pitfalls or obstacles to look for you know so you're not surprised when you see them but also it's shaping up that dream and that vision of like how do i want it to look like because when you set out a vision and you go like i want it to look like this and then you one day have that that experience that a lot of people have talked about where it's like i one day i just popped out of bed and realized like oh my god my life is exactly Mm -hmm. how i thought it was going to be those seven (laughs) years ago on (laughs) You know, on the Jersey Shore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, keep going, Jen. There's more yeah. tips. Let's keep yeah. we got some tips somewhere. Okay, so if you're if it sounds right to actually leave the job you're in, you're either really unhappy or it's super out of alignment. Um, the biggest thing is to think it through and be intentional. Uh the fizzle MVI um a sheet worksheet is invaluable. So if you're scared about mm. leaving a job where you're making good pay, the best thing you can do is figure out, okay, well, what's like the least amount of money that I need to live. And that's what I did two years ago. You know, okay, well, if I don't have rent or mortgage payment anymore, like how much money do I actually need to make? Jen, let me just jump in for a second because I can literally vouch for this because I feel like we talk about the MVI worksheet and I'm sure it kind of washes over a lot of people and they're like, okay, I could see how that would 
would be helpful. But you guys, if you don't know your numbers, first of all, they are like, there's a 90% chance. I just made that number up, but I'm going to say it's roughly 90% chance that the number in your head is higher than what the real number is. Back to like the worst case scenario thing. And when you act this exercise that Jen's talking about, we'll have to link to it in the show notes because it's so useful. People tell us this when time and time again, when they go through it, when you actually have your numbers, you can go, oh, okay. Like I thought this was like some big, scary number, but it's 2000 a month. Like, okay, now I know what it is. I've named my number. I can figure out how to get there. And I can remember, and it feels like yesterday, I remember when Jen was a brand new Fizzle member and we used to do, I I did a lot of like new customer, just like 15 minute calls to like get to know our people. And one of those I did with Jen when I was the director of customer success at Fizzle. And I remember you sitting in your, I think you were in your house that you owned at the time, Jen, and you were really turned around about this. And you were like, I know that I want to create something, but like, how am I ever going to replace this income? And I remember you going through that exercise and having that clarity. And I think that clarity was instrumental in the rest of your story because now you've been able to cobble together a living for yourself between your work with me over at Courage and Clarity, what you do for Fizzle and your own business. But I don't think you ever, and also jobs that you've had locally and stuff, but how could you ever have done that if you didn't know what it was that you needed to, to, to be hitting. And I think so many people skip over that step because, and I actually hear consistently from people that putting pen to paper is actually really scary. They're like, it's kind of like the monster under the bed. You're like, I don't really want to look. I don't want to know. But when you really are in touch with what that number is, it becomes so much more manageable. And you can ask the question, all right, how are we going to get there? Like it's 3000 a month. Like how is this going to happen? And so for you on your story, I just remember that so clearly because I think it unlocked how doable this could be for you. Absolutely. And it, and then it's kind of like mm. the fun begins. So you're like, okay, well, I have my number. How am I going to reach yep. it? And you know, we have all this fun chasing financial goals and moving forward and growing, but I, I don't know. I have some fun in, in lowering the amount needed and seeing like, how can I live my best life with less? I just yep. think it's so neat. So yeah. Um, Okay, if you're leaving your job too, I just wanted to throw this one out here, but leave on really good terms. <laughs> so I don't want anyone to think that like I flipped the bird to my company and just like ran off into the sunset. I gave uh, I gave extra notice personally, and I just um, I always have a, a spot there if I ever ever want to go back. Um, and I think that that's important. I think there's this this narrative that like, I hate my job. I just want to quit. Everything's terrible. You know, and it doesn't, you can leave a job that you like and you can leave on really good terms and still Mm -hmm. move towards your, your own business dreams. So don't think that um, it has to be from a negative place. Um, Okay. And then the next column is really neat. And this is where Corbett's story comes into it. But so you, you know that you want a bit more time and creative space to work on your own thing. So like, what about just scaling down the hours at your current job? So Corbett was with a company and he went to them and said, Hey, like, can I go down to part-time 20 to 30 hours a week? They, he said they were really flexible. They said yes. And he did that for six months until he was ready to strike out on his own. So I think that's a really neat way of doing it. It it goes back to the, like, there's so many different ways of doing this. And, you know, it's interesting because I know Corbett has shared that story before. And I, I kind of get the sense that people might hear that and say, oh, there's like, I mean, I would even put myself in this camp in a lot of ways. Like if I look back at my previous jobs that I've had, 
you might think to yourself like, oh, there's no way my boss would go for that, right? Or like, there's no chance. Like it's either, we get into such an all or nothing attitude where it's either I'm full time at my job or I have to quit and I'm going to go out there and quit right now. But the thing is like, and I've actually seen this with a few people, you really never know unless you ask. Um, there could be a creative solution there that you're just assuming they're not willing to accommodate. I was always so inspired by Corbett when he t- told us about that. Just the fact that he was able to go to his boss and say, hey, is there a, a, an ability for me to go down to part time? I don't I, I don't think I see enough people exploring that as an option. It's so easy to get into that black and white thinking. But think about how useful having a part time runway would be to just at least have like maybe half of your income accounted for every single month in terms of peace of mind while you're building that up. If you're going to go and quit that job anyway, like why not ask? What What is the worst that can happen if you ask the question? They say, no, that's not a possibility. Okay, well, you were going to quit anyway, so just go ahead and quit. So I think if for anyone who's in this position and it's nerve wracking to consider like, you know, making this type of ask, just ask because there are a lot of examples of companies that have actually, you know, done come up with creative solutions to retain really great talent. So you really never know what possibilities might be there unless you have the courage to explore it. Totally. And when you're going to them, mm. just have it ready. Like what's in it for them? Yeah. You know, what are what are the benefits for it's not just about how it's going to benefit you, although that's great. But you know, how does your company benefit from you working less, but still being the amazing employee that you are? Right. And people listening might may or may not know this, but long-term listeners may have been able to kind of put this together. Um, for those of you that know me, you have probably figured out that at this point, Courage and Clarity is its own, a business in its own right. And I work on it full time. But there was a period where Courage and Clarity was really growing, but not to the point where it could sustain a full-time person, aka me. And so there was absolutely a period where... I was able to to work with you guys at Fizzle and figure out like, okay, how does Steph keep one foot helping us out at Fizzle because my role, you know, was obviously very customer facing and I did a lot of things to help support our customers and coach them and all that good stuff and also spend half of my time building up what eventually became a full-time business in Courage and Clarity. And so that's very similar to what ended up happening for me. It was an arrangement that was very mutually beneficial and not even one that I intentionally fell into. But I'm super grateful for the ability to, essentially what I ended up doing is going from being a full-time employee with Fizzle to freelancing. And so that's another thing for people to consider is when you are trying to build your business, is there something else that you can do freelance? Maybe it's not like your dream work, but... um, you know, I had someone on my show not too long ago who she dreamt of being like a mindset coach and she was building up that book of business. Her background was in technical copywriting. And so she freelanced copywriting for a while. It wasn't what she wanted to do forever, but it brought in, you know, enough money to pay some of the bills. So I think that might be like another thing for people to consider is, is if you can't go down to part-time at your regular job, is there something else that maybe you could do freelance that pulls in your expertise, even if it's not your dream business, um, there's no shame in supplementing that income with something that's going to help bring you some some comfort and some reassurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The quick and dirty Love money. That. <laughs> Love that. Okay, we're getting... Yep. We're getting close to our to the time to to end here. So it sounds like um the like the 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 ideas here are like you know how to pitch the part time stuff to our current job, right? So like we're just like coming up with a way to to pitch one of these ideas. Like maybe I'll go to like Corbett did from you know this amount of hours down to this amount of hours and putting together some sort of alternate mm-hmm. plan. 
uh, different from what you're currently doing, right? And then we talked about calculating your minimum viable income, which is a part of the Fizzle Roadmap, which is so, like, it's just knowing what your number is, your minimum viable income. You can scrape by, you can survive ramen profitable is what we often call this, uh, on with this much money every month. And then, uh, you know, being able to, I don't know, I don't know what, what, what else is it? What's like, it's like, it's really, it's kind of those two things, isn't it? Like figuring out alternative stuff with your existing thing. Um, then, then like knowing what the number is you really need to get to, right? Do you see like another step there that's like critical, Jen? Well, the only other thing I was going to add was that if none of this, if none of this really works for you and you're all about keeping your full job, but you still need some more space to grow your business on the side, it's looking at ways to set your life up so that you, you actually have more time. So like outsourcing, um, just, Mm. you know, taking stuff off of your plate. So again, your building your thing on the side isn't a struggle because good doesn't come from struggle. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's like actually really critical. This idea of, of really cutting out, not just like, so first like cutting out costs. So you're living on, on as as frugal as you can. Sometimes that's going to be required um, just for your own peace of mind that you're not like burning through your nest egg or something Mm -hmm. like that. But then also similarly getting, get cutting out any sort of, uh, any sort of, things that that you you don't want to be doing and spe- that you don't like spending your time on and this is really the subtext for this entire conversation is like there's some things you actually get kind of energized by doing right and there's other things that actually kind of drain you right this is like notice notice what that's like what's it like for you to walk to do like for me when i had a commute my commute was actually very energizing for me like I liked it. I loved it. I didn't have a very long one and and it was like my only time in the day that I was like alone basically <laughs> when I was working at my jobs. So it was like I got to listen to a podcast. I was I would be like I remember there'd be times I'd pull into the driveway. This is before I had kids and I would be listening to some audiobook like Game of Thrones or something and I would sit in my <laughs> driveway for like 35 40 minutes just just cuz I'm come in the middle of something amazing going on in the book, <laughs> you know. Um I liked that stuff and that energized me. So it's like you might you might have exactly the opposite reaction to your your um uh your commute mm-hmm. right so knowing what what is like what's really draining for you and what's kind of energizing for you and just try chopping up all the little moments in your day this way like i started doing that like the, to me the marie kondo's life-changing magic of tidying up helped me to bring that as a book that helped me to bring it to my like sort of my clothing and my my lifestyle a little bit more right which is a little more minimalism a little more pared down but but i but like i have feelings about everything that i do have you know, I don't have a lot of crap in my life. Um, that was, at least that was the goal. <laughs> I'm terrible at staying there. Because <laughs> Amazon Prime will be here in two days. Oh, and I do need this little thing. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like we should stop it there. Um, Jen and Steph, last words. Jen, you first, then Steph, and then we'll close out the show. Yeah. Guys, you feel unhappy when you feel out of control, but you, you all ultimately have control over your choices and what you do so just choose wisely and have fun with it that's what i have to say i like it short and sweet Mm. um i challenge people out there and i say it to myself all the time so don't worry i'm i'm taking my own medicine here um 
challenge yourself to cultivate gratitude for the situation that you're in right now and what it's giving to you. Look for what it's giving to you versus picking it apart and thinking of all of the reasons that it sucks, that you're in a day job or you're not where you want to be. Because the truth of the matter is that day job is paying for your life. That day job is funding your future. That part-time freelancing gig is getting you closer to where you want to be. And I have always found that when I challenge myself to believe that I'm already on the path and I don't have to do anything except continue to take action and the rest will work itself out, it really is that simple. And so being able to recognize that and have that gratitude for where exactly where you are right now um, without resentment, I have found uh, makes the whole thing feel a lot better because as Chase said when we first started the episode um, it's also about like not feeling really crappy on the journey like it's possible for you to enjoy this right now even if it doesn't feel ideal wow love it all right dear listener we love that you came with us on this exotic journey through the uh, through the consciousness of an entrepreneur <laughs> but modern day modern day millennial entrepreneurs millennial leaning entrepreneurs let's just say uh, you know I'll look I'll look behind the Instagram accounts of the world's lifestyles of the rich and famous I'm Robin Leach um, th- thanks for coming with us on this journey uh, I hope that there's some actual practical tips in there that you're getting because they're, they're these are these are the tips you know um, you can find everything you need to about this episode at fizzleshow.co slash 310 that's 310 fizzleshow.co slash 310 and if you haven't yet maybe sign up for fizzle uh, get that five week free trial or save it for another time you can always do that at fizzle.co slash try five thanks to Gusto for your support on this episode and that's it y'all find care take care serve hard and dig in thank y'all for listening and we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Bye-bye.